Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. Well... Today I have to say that um, say that it's a happy day since all of the Kiev district has been liberated from from Russian occupants, which is great. Some of the people, by the way, who yesterday listened to my episode about the articles, yeah, they apparently have um, posted that oh no, this was all about geopolitics all along, and they now want to use this use this as a as a kind of to show that that Putin can't be negotiated with that we should just give Russia what they want and then we can end the war and this is a serious enough issue that I would like to understand like to resp- respond to this before we even begin talking about anything else if your opinion about this whole article was that oh well Putin wants this let's negotiate then I hate you personally because for me that article that I translated yesterday basically showed what kind of a government would I live under if Putin would win. No one wants to live under Russia. No one wants to go back to the hellhole that was the Soviet Union. And if you think you can trade away our destinies just so there would be some random peace, just so Putin can stay in power and his, you know, his desires can be fulfilled, then you are severely mistaken. We, the people of Eastern Europe, the post-Soviet sphere, are not to be traded with. We want to be left alone. We want to live, live our own lives. We're nobody's puppets. And we will never be puppets again. We are free people. Ukrainians today are fighting for that freedom. And I know that everyone in the Baltics, in Poland, and in Georgia, everywhere, it's, it's what we have now. And And if you think that being in someone's spheres of, sphere of influence, of Russia's sphere of influence, is something the United States can trade for, then you're severely mistaken. Because even if such a trade deal would happen, we would, of course, resist it, and then you would call us, oh, no, those fussy Baltic peoples, why can't you just accept that Russia is now your overlord? Why? Because we can't, and we won't. It's not a matter of petrodollar profits for us. For us, it's a matter of life and death. So if you think that just because Putin wants something, you should give it to him, well then, I'm sorry. We will not back down. We see evil daily, and that really hurt me a lot, that there were people who reacted to this like that. 
it was just something that I, I can't approve of at all. But, oh no, today I finally got, got around to basically reading a thing that I hinted about yesterday, which is Putin's health. Since the claims that were made by Project Media, they're very kind of huge, so to speak, and important, and I wanted to hear some counter-opinions about this whole situation. And then we also read a bunch of materials about the palace coup that Putin is making. At any rate, I have an English translation of Putin's article. Thankfully, I waited a day, because if I had done this yesterday, I had to translate all of this on my own, and I was like halfway in doing this. But we'll get to t talk about Putin's health right now. And uh, not a palace coup. Possible. For starters, well, on October 7th, Mr. Putin will have his 17th birthday. Joseph Stalin, by the way, already had his second stroke at that age. Leonid Brezhnev had become so incapacitated that the real power had gone to his entourage. Andropov didn't even live to see this date at all, and Boris Yeltsin resigned as a deeply unhealthy man. And as Putin's press secretary Dmitry Peskov put it, Putin's health is excellent. Judging by the television picture, the president of Russia really can't be compared with his predecessors. He exercises, takes walks in the taiga, and only gets sick with a cold at most. Now, if you believe these reports, Putin won't have any trouble staying in power until 2036, as his own faked constitution tells that he should. But there's a bit of issue. You see, from the beginning of Putin's first term, the Kremlin began to hide information about his, at that point, kind of young, president's health. Even when he basically was falling down from the famous image with the horse. You all have seen it. It was probably the most important picture that Putin has ever taken, the one where he was riding a horse. Quote, I was training. It so happened that the horse reared up in front of the barrier and I did the somersault, an actual somersault, and boom. This was one of the Putin's rarest admissions of any health problems last year. He immediately came to his senses, adding that he quite comfortably fell on sawdust. Taking the chair of the head of, sta head of state at the age of 47, Putin, at the beginning of his presidential career, exploited the image of an active man in the prime of his life. Considering that in 2002, the national leader conceived a child out of wedlock with his mistress, Svetlana Krivonogich. This image was not far from the truth, and was certainly true in contrast to his seriously ill and, uh, well, brutal alcoholic, Yeltsin. In his early days, Putin was very rarely examined and paid little attention to problems such as fever, and, you know, other officials recall that, who worked with, with Putin at the time, quote, he could only postpone a meeting until the evening if he had a severe infection. However, it was super important that the Kremlin wanted to create an image of an alpha male, of a macho president, that they decided not to say anything about his bad health at all. The Kremlin tried not to acknowledge even the most simple fever, not to mention sports injuries, such as the one that Putin spilled the beans about in 2021. And falling of horses was quite a problem, really. The head of state of Russia was a keen horseman in the, no in, in the, like, the 90s, and in the noughties as well. I don't think they should be called noughties, it's like zero zeros, early 2000s, but still, hey, I presume that's the regular English translation. 
And uh, yeah, that was crazy. One of his falls from the saddle was quite serious. Putin, quote, couldn't even get back on his feet, end quote, for a while, and had to undergo a lengthy medical treatment, according to his acquaintances. It is quite likely that this trauma was, like, reverberating in 2012. On November 4th, in, uh, in 2012, the National Unity Day, Russian state television channels aired footage of the flower laying at the monument to Minyan and Pozharsky on Red Square. Putin and uh, Gunjaev, my best buddy! You might know him as Patriarch Kirill, but he's the KGB agent Dima Gunjaev. Just so you just so you knew. You know, they took part in this. But they didn't show the president in the TV broadcast. The reason was that he limped so noticeably that they decided to suppress this information not just on TV. The Kremlin press service did not post a video of the event on its official web- website, limiting itself to photos and had expressly forbidden any news agencies to mention the limp in their stories. A journalist from one of the agencies claimed to have sent the appropriate message to the news feed, but it did not come out. Footage of Putin limping went viral on the internet thanks to the website of the Moscow Patriarchate, where the unedited photo, like videos of the ceremony, was, were posted. By the time of the Red Square ceremony, it was obvious to the officials who worked with Putin that something was wrong with the president. Back in September, he was limping through the Apex summit in Vladivostok, and then it was as if he were stuck in Moscow. The Kremlin began to cancel one Putin's official flight after another. In December, things got even worse. The presidential protocol was instructed to allow no more than an hour for all events. The national leader could not sit down for any, any longer for health reasons. For Putin's sake, they even shortened the concert at the Bolshoi Theater to mark the 200th anniversary of the victory over Napoleon to one hour. But in the end, Putin didn't even show up for, for this short event. Finally, at the end of 2012, Putin was unable to receive the Japanese Prime Minister in Kremlin. Officials informally said that, that quote, the chief is not well, end quote. He wore a corset at the time and generally needed back surgery. It was then that the Kremlin mastered a tool called canned footage, which we know these days very well. The publication of pre-recorded meetings between Putin and his subordinates. This allowed him to quietly disappear from the eyes of journalists and the entire country. As the time went by, the number of those disappearances increased. And, of course, the number of his health problems. Now, Putin's most prominent disappearances had been in November to November 2012, where basically all business trips, long-distance flights and events and in Kremlin and in Novo Ogryavo were cancelled. Some meetings were recorded in advance. Then he disappeared in from March 5 to March 15, 2015. He didn't appear in public, all meetings were pre-recorded. Then again in August 9 to August 16, 2017. The president visited Abkhazia and Sochi with journalists and then Kremlin published canned footage for the whole following week. Then again, February 2018. In the midst of election campaign, Putin cancelled all public events on February 12th or 14th. Peskov admitted that the head of state caught a cold. And on September 13th to September 29th of 2021, he was in self-isolation, and all events were held by video link. So, you know, he truly is not 
the brave leader that uh, I know there's some of you out there who want to compare him to one of the great men of history. He's a little scumbag thug at best. There's nothing great from the great men of history about Putin. As Putin becomes older, the concerns about his health and longevity have uh, consumed the Russian president so much that he um, is one of the voo magic type of people who's shown interest in, well, let's say, unconventional medicine. Despite many members of his family, including previously unknown ones, being physicians. As you know, Putin loves animals. Well, because he does. If you've listened to my show, that you know that he does. But for the sake of his health, he's willing to undergo a procedure that is torturous for the animals and medically questionable. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. And, uh, yeah, since the end of Putin's second presidential term, his health has become a national priority. In spring, Altai red deer horns you know, antlers, grow at an enormous rate of several centimeters a day. At this moment, the antlers, are, the antlers are not yet ossified. They are soft and full of blood. Extract from these horns is said to have a therapeutic effect. People supposedly benefit from antler baths. So there is a whole industry for the extraction of pantocrine. For this purpose, red deer are tied or clamped on a special machine, lifted so that they hang helplessly, and the living horns are cut off, or often with an ordinary hacksaw. Animal rights activists compare the experience of animals to the torture of pulling out a person's fingernails. Sergei Shoigo, the head of, at that point, the Ministry of Emergency Situations, was the first person in the Russian elite to become interested in antler baths. In the mid-2000s, Shoigu brought Putin to Altai for the first time, convincing him of the benefits of this treatment, which supposedly improves the cardiovascular system and rejuvenates the skin. On one of his trips, Putin, who was starting to think more about his health, immersed himself of a bathtub containing an odorant extract from blood-filled deer antlers. An acquaintance of the president claims that he had been warned that there is no conclusive evidence of the benefits of antler baths. But Putin liked it. And since then, he has revisited Altai multiple times. So, you know, he's not bathing himself in baby blood, but he's literally torturing, torturing animals. He's torturing deer so that he would live longer. The sensitive elites quickly spotted Putin's new hobby. Antlers and other ways to extend one's youth quickly became popular among officials. One of the projects, you know, the media project, interlocutors 
a former presidential administration official, says that he himself has been to the Antar Baths in Altai and, among other people, met Moscow Mayor Sergei Sobyanin there. Big fans of these bloody procedures are the head of Gazprom, Alexei Miller, and his entourage. They fly containers with antler extract from Altai to Moscow on a business jet at least once a year. Another popular destination for the officials is a simpler one. The anti-aging procedures in the Karelian resort Kivach. Alcohol is banned there, but there are daily enemas. A Kremlin official recalled claiming to have met many of his colleagues among those being enemized. Putin's interest in unscientific medicine sounds strange if you know an important fact about the president. He's surrounded entirely by doctors. His eldest daughter, Maria Voronsova, graduated from the medical faculty of Moscow State University, and, he, and, and she quickly became a leading researcher at the Russian Endocrinology Center, and then became a shareholder in Nomenko, a medical project that develops new methods of cancer treatment, among other things. Voronsova's partner in this business is Yuri Kovalchuk, a friend of the president. But Putin also has other relatives in this area, including some who have remained unknown until now. Yevgeny Putin's cousin has been a pediatric surgeon all his life. His wife Dia is a gynecologist, and all three of their children were trained as, trained as psychiatrists. However, not all of them work in their professions, preferring it to making a career through connections. Mikhail was appointed deputy chairman of Gazprom, and Anna, together with her husband Sergei Tsivilev, took over the Kolmar coal company and then the entire Kemerov oblast. Their sister, Putin's cousin, Tatyana, remained a doctor and succeeded financially even in this profession. Before Putin made it into big politics, Tatyana married a doctor, Anatoly Ptashuk, and worked quietly in a mental hospital in Vladimir. The year her relative was elected president, Ptashuk moved to Moscow, first to the Ministry of Health, and then she became the deputy director of Biotech, a private pharmaceutical company. As soon as Ptashuk joined the company, Biotech joined the state program for the supply of medicines for the benefit recipients. Since then, the company has invariably been in the top of the largest beneficiaries of medical state procurements. Now Ptashuk is the deputy head of the Central Clinical Hospital of Sistyevrazhek, where Kremlin and government officials are treated. Ptashuk's daughter Yelena is also a well-known person in the medical community. Putin's grandniece married Vasily Zhidkov and became the head of the RZD Medicine under his surname. She kept her last name even after her second marriage, in which she married the United States citizen Yevgeny Mulkanadov, who is also associated with medicine. He's the co-author of a genome-assisted health prediction program modestly titled, quote, I'm genius, end quote. He's also associated with Sotsmedia, a Sokolov resident who has developed an app that identifies the risks of complications from COVID-19. Yevgeny Mulkanadov also owns a 51% stake in the Jan Neopiemransky School of Chess. On February 24, 2022, Mulakandov's partner, Grandmaster Jan Nemopiechansky, spoke out against the war Russia is waging with Ukraine. Perhaps at some point the doctor is personally acquainted with the president, convinced Putin to, to visit doctors more often. Or, perhaps, you know, there are some natural reasons for the situation. Well, the aging Putin is now accompanied by a huge team of doctors, including a surgeon oncologist. However, this is the point where I have to make my first argument here. Since, well, a single oncologist doesn't mean anything. Although Project will continue to claim in this article that he ser seriously has oncological diseases, 
If Putin really had cancer, he'd be accompanied by like 50 different medical officials. Because no one would take responsibility, just like no one wanted to be the one that announced Stalin being dead. But just so, just so you know, he might have cancer, but I highly doubt it, unless he had been diagnosed before. However, from the article, because this is really important. In the west of Moscow, in Krylatskoy, there is a huge area occupied by the Central Clinical Hospital. In this medical institution that is responsible for the health of top officials, there are VIP rooms, special communications and security. In there, in one of the in what one of the project's interlocutors calls quote, Department of Personal Doctors, that is where Putin has been paying visits more and more often over the years. This person described how the, how the hospital bosses greet him on arrival and place him in the hands of the doctors who are assigned to the president. One such doctor, for example, has long been Dmitry Vorobyov. Apparently, he's a resuscitation specialist. At least the internet lists him as the author of a manual on emergency case for acute illnesses, injuries and poisonings. He's a specialist and that, well, he's specifically trained to treat Putin. However, over the years, it is not so much Putin who visits doctors in the cl- cl- clinical hospital as it is they who visit him. The, the doctors fly to Putin's residences and accompany him on his trips. And these trips provide a weird opportunity what Putin's being treat f- treated for and who does it. And there's a huge list now that they present, which I'll just skip over because it's various internal organ diseases, various neck diseases, various, well, everything, including Sochi. And this article goes into massive investigation about what Putin has been treated for, what he's doing, and everything. What you guys know from now on is that Putin really acted strange and the pandemic. See, he went into isolation, and uh, after a long time in this, Putin finally started to get out in public. On September 13th, he met with Paralympic athletes. At the time, the president did not sit away on his long table, but instead allowed the athletes to surround him tightly. And at this point, Putin announced that he had to go into isolation because, quote, too many people around him were sick with the coronavirus. And the news came as a surprise even to the president's entourage. His press secretary was initially confused and denied the, the chief's words. Supposedly, the president was speaking figuratively about isolation. Nonetheless, Putin went into isolation the next day, took part in the Duma election from his own office, and did not appear in public for the entire month of September. In, president, in, in, in medical circles, it is believed that the president was undergoing a complicated procedure related to some kind of thyroid disease during this period, according to an acquaintance to the chief doctor at one of the large hospitals whose specialists were involved in treatment. At the same time, he forced everyone who visited him to basically sit two weeks in complete quarantine, give out uh, COVID tests with fecal matter, no less, and now he uses the big chair. He's clearly, maybe even if not suffering from cancer, his immune system has been destroyed since he now sits at the big table and doesn't admit anyone. And that's the scary part, since, well, making a palace coup with Putin is highly impossible, since, since he has a special organization, the FSO, the Federal, Federal Bureau of Guarding Putin, who are personally loyal to him, who are given the best food and best apartments and most money, they're treated like royalties inside Russia, which makes it hard. And there's total control over all the other agencies there. But Putin, well, I don't believe he has cancer because of all the evidence that I've gotten, so 
I'm not quoting you all the parts that um, I don't believe personally. I just quoted you the parts of the article that I actually found believable. But um, but all in all, I think that the only way how this can end positively for the rest of the planet is that if there's an uprising in Russia. Full uprising is the only thing that could grant legitimacy to this whole matter. And Putin actually might, actually might be ill enough to use nukes. We have to internalize this issue. We have to understand that that's a possibility, and we have to plan for it. But yeah, Putin's health, nowhere near as great as it may seem. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Do svidanje, Please support the show through Patreon, and thanks to our patrons that were still on air, and thanks to people who donate to us via the Eastern Border.lv. And uh, please support Ukrainian charities as well. And remember, happiness is mandatory.